Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Flight 008-046-BHM. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Are you locked into the Out of Home Podcast? You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. Welcome to Forever Forwards. Throughout the month of October, which is Black History Month in the UK and Black Achievement Month here in the Netherlands, we'll be sharing conversations that we've had with a few dope guests, tapping into their experiences of living, working and thriving as a black person in society. For us, we really wanted to use these conversations to celebrate the progressive mindset of the black community and champion some of those people who are trailblazing in their specific fields. This episode is with Ibrahim Kamara, an entrepreneur and co-founder of Guat Magazine, a black-owned publication home to some of the culture's best emerging talent. We chop it up with Ib about his journey so far, and honestly, this one's full of gems. We hope you enjoy it. Let, let me get into this. So welcome to the Out of Home podcast, a show brought to you by four Londoners living in Amsterdam, capturing and sharing stories of inspiring people while telling our own. In the building, I've got the man there with me. Obviously, I've got Yaf. Yeah, yeah. I've got Kwame i got Stephen, and joined with us today is Ibrahim Kamara, who is the founder or co-founder of Guap Magazine. Um, and it's so, had to, so we're so grateful to have you on the show, man. Um, obviously, this is our third, third or fourth installment of Forever Forwards. Third, I see Stephen looking at me like, fam, can you count? <laughs> <laughs> our third on, uh, of Forever Forwards. And uh, we wanted to talk about um, black ownership and entrepreneurship. And obviously, we wanted to just reach out to you and kind of speak to you about like your journey, where you came from, um, and just get to know you a little bit more. So, bro, like, let us like tell us, man. Tell talk, talk, talk to us about you, man. Where you come from? What what made you start Guap? Um, yeah. Um, well, I come from Sierra Leone. Joking. <laughs> um, I'm from Southeast London. Um, how did I get into Guap and stuff? I think it starts way back from that school and that I think before business I used to do music so from like 13 till about 21 like I was set on being a musician like a rapper and that yeah um and during that period I used to look I used to do all the stuff myself so things like learn how to do like MySpace skins and learn how to like network and like I used to travel from one end to another end is to like go to like sets Sick. and like spirits. So I'd meet people, um, learn how to like shoot my own videos, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then in uni, kind of started falling out of love with music in that sense. Um, and kind of wanted to get into business. And at the time I was at uni with a couple of people that went to my college and my business partner went to my college as well. Um, and there was one summer holiday before we went into third year. Um, he was going into placement year and I was going back into uni. Um, we just connected and we basically realized that we both kind of wanted to 
be like not entrepreneur yeah we wanted to be entrepreneurs and we wanted to be like successful in that kind mm. of way so he had set up like an investment group called BMIG where it was like a group of friends coming together to invest in business ideas together so I was the last person to join that and then um, we basically done an event called AF Party which mm. was like our first ever business and basically anything that could have went wrong went wrong it was like we basically oh. tried to do like a we tried to do like a traditional African party for university students in Kent. <laughs> and literally like, bro, like everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. You know how they say like, before your success, you take an L fam. Yeah. L early. What was, what was the L looking like? Like the L was like, okay, let's talk an African party. We basically charge like 40, 50 pounds for tickets. Told people they would have an after party, free drinks, unlimited food. Bro, on the day, the police camp, like the campus on the police, the police on the campus basically told us we have to shut down like three hours early just oh. before the event. So there was no after party. What? All the performers came late. So mm. the schedule went off track. The host basically told everyone, oh, go get your food at the same time. One table got food. The, the, every single other table got no food. Oh, gosh. So people were like, what self service and African party? Self serve, bro. Hey, <laughs> well, legit, like, if you, even if you, everyone going for the big piece of meat, bro. It's God, fam. Bro, if you hashtag Af Party on Twitter right now, I'm sure you still be the disaster. <laughs> fam, there'll be people getting seconds without people having one piece of morsel of food, fam. Um, people <laughs> were like taking pictures of the empty plate and that. Put, uh... What fire festival things? Like, like it literally was like what just like fire festival kind of made man feel a bit weird. Oh man! Oh man! But what what did that what did that um what did that experience teach you, man? Like obviously it was an L, but it's actually a lesson, really and truly. So but yeah, hundred percent. I think that experience made us take every business loss we could have possibly taken really early. Mm. And I think during that phase, me and my business partner realized we work hard, and out of the group, we worked the best together. Yeah. And then one time we was on the phone just picking ourselves up based on the fact that we're going to make something happen even though the app boy was a flop. Mm. And then in that conversation was when Guap was birthed. Sick, man. Yeah, yeah. What I really love, yeah, is like, um, you said that you had your heart set on music from 13 to 21. I think that's, that's, that's the reality for a lot of people growing up in London. A lot, of, a lot of people in our community, that's kind of what they see as success. And um, you were able to pivot and go down a complete different route. And then your trajectory was even higher, maybe, than if you were to go down music. So what was that mindset, man? I think um, I've kind of always done something, something. Anything I've ever done, I've always become known for what I'm doing. So like mm-hmm. when I was doing music, people knew me for music. When I said I was doing business, people will know what I'm doing. So I've always if I've said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it kind of thing. Um, so I've always, I started getting inspired by people like J2K, who yeah. were like musicians that became like business people. Yeah. And um, I've kind of always liked the look of like being a business person. So I think, yeah, it's just something that I grew up wanting to be subconsciously. And then I only made it come into like real life. Um, when I got to, of age, because even when I was in school, even when I was doing music, I used to charge people to come use my studio. 
Mm. So I used to have a home studio and I would like charge like twenty pound an hour mm. for people to come and like record and stuff. So I think I've always had the business mentality just yeah just came to fruition after um like uni. And then Ibrahim, just before um going into business, like what struck me when you were just speaking there was like from early you've been really about uh community our people, like even the fun of like a collective of black people coming together to like, where did that focus uh, come in? Like, where did you first realize, you know, like this is a community that we need to do things on by ourselves because um, yeah, that that's what struck me is that you had that right. And even the first venture you went for was like an African party. Like how did that come about in terms of that focus? Um, I think with us, everything we do is just like, we have to do that like, real to us in it. Like we're not, trying to do stuff we don't know about or like mm. it has to relate to us so even like co-op starting was based on that whole point that was said earlier about everyone wanting to do music when we was growing up but like there was no platform that you would see like photographers on a front cover or seen in the same light as a like you wouldn't see like an entrepreneur seen in the same light as a musician or mm. musician seen in the same light as like um a stylist like it was only like musicians or footballers that got like the spotlight yeah so we was like with our platform we don't want to make it a music platform because we want to show people all the other stuff you can be so other people feel like you can be this so even things Mm -hmm. like the blackness that i told you we're doing Mm -hmm. that was birthed by um like the idea of that came from someone that's on our like external team like shanice and she Stuff like that, growing up, you wouldn't see a list where there's, like, lawyers next to, like, people in sports, next to people yeah. in thinking who are mm-hmm. just black. So it's just about the visibility and making sure people know that you can do anything. You don't have to be set things. Like, you can be successful in anything yeah. you choose to be. Mm-hmm. And just give them the same, see them as successful the same way we see everyone else as successful. Yeah. And then... Um... It'd be, it'd be remiss of me as Kwame Ways tells us that we're an international podcast. So, like, would you mind for, like, um, some of the viewers that don't know what Guap is, just explaining to it what Guap is and, like, I know you're going to lead into the story, but, like, we have a lot of listeners from everywhere, so it'd be good to know. Um, I would say Guap is a youth-led new media platform that's dedicated to discovering, showcasing, but also nurturing emerging creatives but mm. primarily emerging creators from underrepresented backgrounds. So people who are black, mm-hmm. people who are Asian, people who may have a disability, people who are LGBT, like this you just be in a place where any form of creativity, no matter what you look like, who you look like, or what you do, is celebrated. So we want to be like the home of underrepresented creators and the home of emerging creators worldwide. And we just wow. build different platforms and services that do this and yeah why was it important to you to build a or start a, a platform that um represented the underrepresented like what what was it about it that you personally were like all right cool like i know when we done it it wasn't that we didn't even that whole term of underrepresented is just a term that we picked up over mm. the years but like when we was doing it, it was just like there's people around us doing lit stuff you know what i'm saying yeah. but because they're not i mean like because they're not a rapper, mm. no way, like, they'll have to wait till they get onto, like, Forbes or something to for people mm. to appreciate them. Thanks. So our thing was, like, yeah, like, 
we should appreciate them. Like they are influencers. They mm. are doing sick stuff. We should big them up regardless of how much clout they've got. We should be the tastemakers rather than waiting for other people to tell us that this is good. So, yeah. What did you study at uni? I studied accounting and finance. Okay. So you've okay, always okay, had okay. that sort of, um, yeah, like as you, as, you, as you alluded to, like a business sort of mindset. And yeah. Something like that. Well, I, think I'm, well, I think I'm lucky to be one of those people that's kind of like, you know how they say they got the left brain and the right brain? I'm kind of yes. touching on both. Mm. Okay. Kind of thing. But I think one side fuels the other. So a lot of my creativity comes because I need to find ways to do something I want to do on the business side, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah but then creative, like I, I, I wouldn't have classified music as being me being creative, mm-hmm. but when me doing music was me being creative mm. and stuff. So yeah, I've kind of got both sides. Yeah, and you mentioned um, your business partner and business partner, and the fact that you guys kind of realized that you were on the same sort of page. And yeah. so, so, what happens next? Like, what is how is Guap birthed, and then you know what 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 is that story there? Because it's it's very established now, and it's kind of cemented this place within culture. Um, yeah. But how did you how did you sort of land on the idea? You, you spoke about it a little bit, but how did you land on the idea, and how did you really get after it? Yeah. So like. The initial idea of Guap, yeah, to be honest, was a, it was kind of like a pyramid scheme. Like, we were telling people, like, because my business partner basically wanted, he had an idea to make like an interactive newsletter that would go around to students that would have, instead of written articles, we said that it would have like video articles in the newsletter. And But we said we're going to call it a magazine. Because we went on Wikipedia and they said that magazine is a collection of items. Mm. So we was like, oh, the traditional magazine is just a collection of written articles. But if we do videos, it's just a collection of video articles. So we call it a video magazine. That mm. was our initial concept. And we said we was going to tell people to subscribe to the magazine for £20 a year. And if you get another person to subscribe to the magazine, it'll be £5. We give you back out. Okay. So it was a magazine with a pyramid scheme, not pyramid scheme, but it was a pyramid scheme. Basically, how, how did that? How did that membership? What year was this uh, initially? Also, you know, what did you say? How did that? Um, Two questions. Yeah. Um. How did it? How did the membership initially go? And I, I'll just ask him just for more context. Um. What, 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 when did you launch this idea or this pyramid scheme? What year? Launch on May the first. Got day May day. May the first. <laughs> what uh, year? Um. Twenty. 15. Nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. 2015. Five years in this. Yeah, five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015. Nice, Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, it was £20 a year. You subscribe to the magazine for £20 a year, but then that gives you access to be a Guap referrer. And if you refer people to the magazine, we'll give you £5 from the subscription. Mm-hmm. That, that was like the initial, initial concept. And then on the first week, we made bare money because, well, it wasn't even bare money. It was like £3,000, yeah. But at that time, it was like, oh, yeah, that's bare yeah. money. We lit. <laughs> like, we lit. Club. Like, we thought we were going to be millionaires from, from the day we launched, yeah. And then, that's the energy you need, though. <laughs> we literally thought, like, oh, just that. Like, we weren't telling no one this idea because it was like, wow, <laughs> kind of thing. And then, obviously, things slowed down quite a bit after people would stop um, referring people. And then we like went back to the drawing board and realised that we had to like 
make the product worth something or make it valuable. Mm -hmm. So then we basically went free and then started building what we're actually about and building the whole narrative of like, we want to represent creatives on the whole. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of just like spent day after day while I was in my final year of uni. Uni basically went out the window and literally I was like waking up to go up, going to bed to go up. Jide wow. is um, placement year. While he's at work, he's working on go up and we just literally just went that we would go around London and like just go around and film people. So I would film people and he would do the interviews and stuff. And I had a camera from my, um, when I used to do music. So mm. I knew how to shoot. So I would sh go around shoot. He built our website. We would do like, we literally just d done the groundwork of like just going around, shooting, editing interviews, just putting it out and just like built it from there. What What's it like having that responsibility? Like being an owner and knowing that this thing only works if I work. Like, what's that pressure like? Um, I'm going to lie. I ain't really had a proper job. So I've had, like, the, the period of time I've worked in my entire life, the yeah. total would come up to, like, five, six months. Wow. If I add up wow. all the jobs that I've ever worked, if I've, yeah, the period is, like, five, six months. So I've always done something, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I've never done anything, like, illegal, like, shorting or anything like that. So... Yeah, I've always found a way to make money from some sort of creativity. But even if I weren't making bare money from it, um, I would still pursue it, mm. kind of thing. So I, the passion kind of pushed me. So it, it wasn't nothing new to me to do that, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we spoke yeah. to you. Oh, sorry, going, Stephen. Uh, so I was just going to ask that um, from that for those people like listening that are thinking okay cool I need to go to uni or I need to do X, Y and Z before I can like start a business or start like what, what words would you have for them because obviously like your, your path is a little bit different and I just know like even myself at times I felt oh I need to do X, Y, Z before I can even think of doing my own thing but like what would you say to yeah. people on the, on the fence? Um, I'm going to lie to you I feel like everyone's path is different mm. Um, I feel like what's going to work for me ain't what work for everyone else. Um, I feel like I always say, I have this saying of you can overthink, but you can't overfill. Um, it's like you have to go with your gut. And the more you listen to your gut, the more your intuition strengthens in it. So, and if you live like that, you won't regret shit. Oh, sorry. I don't mm. know if I could. I don't no, know if man. I could swear. Talking about it life away, bro. Yeah, like I think you just gotta follow your gut, and it, there's never a right time to start anything. Mm. To be honest, I don't think like only you will know. But, like, only you will know if it's the right time mm. for yourself or not. Like no one can tell you it's the right time or not. So yeah, yeah. that's my answer. I like that. Um, yeah, so we was like in, in our previous conversations, if um, we we're talking to some people about like owning the narrative, and now you own like a, a platform that literally owns our own narrative. How important is that to you, like to be able to tell stories from different places and have the have the control over like our stories? I think yeah, it's hundred percent important. I think me and my business partner were speaking about this yesterday because we like really deep to yeah, like there hasn't been a guap before. Like, there hasn't been a black magazine. Like, we've got, like, 
the Grand Dailies, the SBTVs, who are like music channels, and then we have like the um the I'm Just Bates and the Shea Burrows, which would like represent like the world star hip hops and those kind of yeah. things. But in terms of like like a XXL mm. or like um, ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Actual black magazine that has cover stars, etc. We haven't had that before. So without knowing, we're kind of having to like build a foundation where in like 10 years, 20 years, there's going to be like a next group that's going to look up to us and see us as like the the vogues in it and then they will be the new group if that makes sense. So mm, yeah, for me, for sure. it's important because it's like, yeah, we're going to, it's going to allow young people to at one see themselves in that light because like I said, certain people, only when they get to like the really big stage will people start bigging them up where we're putting people who you're going to see, you might see them around on the cover. Mm, mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's done in a way where it's like professionally done, where they look mad sick. So that's going to cause bare people to be inspired. And then two, yeah, like I feel like there's going to be bare young kids that know that they can make a magazine now and make a living from building a magazine, speaking about stuff that matters to us, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think it's mad important. I'm mad grateful about it. And I think over the last couple of days, I've been like really deep in our position within culture. And yeah, like, and, and that, because we've got so much stuff we're doing that is like, yeah, it, it's easy to miss, but if when because we're in it, but like when I've like taken time away and just like looked at it, you really like, appreciate oh, it. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. this is like we're gonna be a part of like Black British culture or Black British history because mm. of this kind of thing. Because it's so, yeah, so wavy, man. Congrats on that as well, bro. You mentioned something a minute ago that was quite interesting. Around you said like you never, you never sold drugs. Like you always st- stayed legal, and um, I think part of that mindset of like our community a lot of the time, but not just our community, um, is that's like it's easy money, it's easy wins, right? And yeah. It often takes a while, while to build up platforms and and businesses like you've done now. So how how was it like in in the early days when you were establishing Guap like? Yeah, it was peak. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like, we, we went from making no money for like, we started making money properly. If I'm talking about proper money, I say year four. Mm. Wow. So, from year one to year four was proper grinding. Like, I, 
and we've we've only started putting this out, but like from last year, 2019, me and Jide paid each other 200 pound a month each. Wow. Like we went through the whole year paying ourselves 200 pound a month each so that we could get to a point where we have money in the bank and we could hire people. Mm. And we lasted the whole year, Crazy. 200 pound a month. And then only in March, when Corona started, we put ourselves on payroll. Mm. Like before then, it was literally just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll survive on our 200 pound. Wow, man. What? Yeah, man. In like London we both, as well. Obviously, we, yeah, both, we both live at home, innit? So yeah. we both live at home. Our office was cheap at the start. So really, all we needed to do was get food. Yeah. We used, to, we used to walk to work and stuff. So it was just like, we lived in... You were really grinding, boy. That four years, yeah, we became like minimalists. Like, yeah. What, what, what were some of the things that you were doing? Like, obviously you said you were walking to work, like, but what were the certain things? Because I feel like that's really interesting. Walking to work, we don't really go out like yeah. that. Not booking, like, bare holidays and that. Um, no. I mean, that, a lot of that takes away a lot of money. Like, we don't buy stuff, but a lot of stuff we got for free because of mm. our platform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, weren't buying clothes, weren't buying trainers and that. I literally put down my first, like, proper shop the other day. What was that like? <laughs> it was good, yeah, because I realised that all the clothes I had in my wardrobe, I had for free, mm. and which is good, yeah, but it didn't represent the style. Yeah, I was yeah, just, yeah. My style, I, was, I just had the clothes and I'd wear them. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, so I t- actually go in and buy the clothes and then when I'm wearing the clothes, people are giving me compliments. It was like, I know I had style, fam, but... <laughs> <laughs> so... So, yeah, that's good. Um, but, yeah, it's mainly that stuff, just not doing un- unnecessary expenses. Like, But the negative side of that is that now I still move like I'm broke. Why is that negative? That's yeah. not negative. Play broke, get rich. No, nah, because it's like, I don't play hard. You know how they say work hard, play hard? I don't, oh, yeah. I don't okay, play hard. Okay. So it's like, what am I working for? Mm. But does that does that but does that come from a place of you feeling as though you still got more to achieve? Um good question. I, I'm gonna I don't know, I'm still trying to work it out. I'm gonna like that, that, that that's a whole like mental mental battle mm. that I'm going through that I'm still trying to work out, if I'm honest. Okay. No, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I think um, uh, um go on, go on, guys. Sorry. No, no, Ibrahim, you, you were saying that like um, you know, like you weren't really you weren't really like you're only like basically buying food and surviving off that, and you weren't really going on holidays. Like during that time when you were grinding from year one to year four, did you take time off? And then now that like, things are flourishing and you lot are definitely doing your thing, have you taken time off? Like, are we talking about do you buy a Monaco or you or you, or you still walk into work every day? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> I know. Like the, the only difference now is that I've got a car. Like that's the only difference. Okay. Like, okay. Um, that's how, like, like, I just, break, like, right? I, like I just said to you, I'm still trying to work out this whole like mm. time off, like work mm. life balance. Mm. Like mm. I think for me, that's a big, a big struggle. Mm. On, I, 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 I'd openly admit I'm a workaholic. Mm. So sometimes I work for no reason. Like I don't need to do something. Like just now, I was eating. Yeah. I was eating and sending the email at the same time. I could have just stopped sending the email and sending it after, but I felt like I needed to send it right right now. 
But that 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 that's probably just ingrained in you, isn't it? That's just the way you are. Like, yeah, I need to. I think a lot of us in the room can kind of like attest to that for sure. Yeah, man. Like we're all the same. Like. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, like, but that's the thing because I'm self aware. Yeah, like I know it's not good. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on it. But it's it's a process because you've been on a long long journey in like doing like what was uh, needed to get by, and like it's not okay, cool, yes, now you're getting your flowers, but it's not like an off switch where you just click your fingers and you snap out of it. But on, on that journey, I'm just curious to know, like, what was your, what was the perception when you first started of, like, uh, black, cult, black culture? And then, obviously, to, like, where we are, like, now, with obviously what's happened with the movement. Like, how have you seen the shift or evolution? I'm going to lie, yeah. In 2015, us not starting the business straight out of our union now, People looked at us like we was mad. <laughs> like, big man thing, like, I remember one girl, I saw her, like, the day I got up my results or something, and she's like, oh, what are you going to do now? Then I'm like, oh, go up. And she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, what are you really going to do? And I'm like, Rah. it was yeah. just like... Them naysayers there. Like, people proper <laughs> didn't really see it as, like, a business thing. But I don't blame them, because, like I no. said, who, like... Who have you heard of a black person starting a magazine and like living off of it? Do you get me? So I don't blame them, but it's just like, yeah, no one, no one was building their own business when we started. Like we was one of the first in our like age group mm, on mm, the ends. Mm. So it was like only until people started seeing like people outside of our immediate circles bigging us up and people thinking that's when people's minds started changing. But we just find it interesting because it's like five years on. Mm. Um, a lot of people now want side businesses and a lot of people want their own business and mm. a lot of people will be like oh man you might not doing your thing or blah 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 but then when we was grinding at the start it was like everyone got their new job everyone was getting their new yeah. cars all that yeah, stuff yeah. and it's like yeah we was just out there kind of thing so the shift there's been like a mad shift in the per- the perception of being an entrepreneur and, but even being a creative people put, used to put like being a creative synonymous with um being broke mm. yeah. Yeah, like, yeah like there was a people would didn't see like it as a business they would see if you're creative it means you're struggling or thingy and yeah we were struggling but i mean obviously there was like a longer vision for it but no one saw that it was literally like a um yeah you, you got looked down on because everyone was getting their jobs being accountants being doctors mm, yeah, yeah. So, and there's been a struggle yeah, because no one was no one was doing this stuff. So there wasn't loads of people to say, oh yeah, this person's doing it, this person do that kind of thing. So yeah, that's the but the perception's definitely shifted. Like I think um like what what's pretty cool is to hear how the the journey and like what you've been on. Um I just wanted to quickly ask one one final question from my side. Because we've spoken about the journey, but like now you've obviously got to a place where you guys again have cemented yourself in in, in culture. So what so those who may not know is, is exactly what, what you do, like what does your day-to-day look like and how do you describe what you do now on a daily basis? Um, now what I do on a day-to-day is a lot different to what I used to do just because obviously we have a team now yeah. and I've learned to like trust my teams. And they, so on a day-to-day, my, day, my team are just like creating content. So whether that be photo shoots, whether that be going out into like people's... Um, areas and documenting them so it's a lot of like documentary a lot of storytelling 
um a lot of my day-to-day now is in like having like meetings and i handle a lot of that the client stuff so talking to like different brand partners and stuff um yeah just organizing the stuff we need to focus on for the quarter with the team um but yeah a lot of the stuff i do now is more delegation rather than the actual doing which is good yeah sick man no, I still um, Ibrahim, like obviously Forever Forward is a show highlighting black creatives for Black History Month and just overall doing great stuff. And, you know, we spoke about narrative and ownership before. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I see by what you've done with Grab, you worked with a whole host of A-list brands. Um, but like maybe from 2015 to now, there's been a shift and change into rather than like just like what you call it, profiting and kind of reaping like, is there like, 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 what do you think brands can do more to like support the culture rather than just like a profit off it? Um, okay. I think they're all trying to do it right now. So, like, I say this term about like purposeful profit. Mm. So, I feel like right now, a lot of them are realizing they can't really just profit without purpose. So, a lot of them are trying to like do things that are more meaningful outside yeah, of just making the money. So I kind of think they're doing the right thing. But obviously, I think it's business at the end of the day. I'm not like naive. It's business at the end of the day. They're going to need to make money in it. So, but now they know they have to do something purposeful with behind the scenes of getting that money as well. So it's not even, I don't even think I need to say what they need to do because I think they're kind of doing what they need to do. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, final question for me. I'm sure the guys will have like a couple others for you. Is um, you know, you spoke a lot about your journey and what you've done, um, in the past. But what's your vision? I guess for the the black community. Like, where do you see the black community in five years' time? Like, how do you see us thriving and and continue to 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 elevate ourselves? Yeah, I think I think um, it, I think it's just more us building our foundations, like a like. We're only five years in, do you get me? And there's a lot of platforms that have like risen during this period and a lot of platforms that have been birthed in the last five years. And we've just got to basically cement ourselves as like legacy platforms in our culture. So the same ways like Vice is here, the same way um, MTV's here, all these platforms, we need to last that test of time. And I think over the next five years, we're going to see a lot of us like solidifying our roots within the culture, like properly, not just like on the face, but more actual infrastructure. That's what I think. So like things like Grand Daily and that are plus 10 years now, they've like solidified that. Things like No Signal in five years, I'm sure they will like have infrastructure where it's like they're not going anywhere like in Guap I want the same thing infrastructure where we're not going anywhere and then a lot of creatives as well like actually going um, doing their thing properly and not like feeling like they can't do this stuff and that there's people in the rooms that can actually bring these people in and all this kind of stuff I just see us flourishing and like building more like I said infrastructure in what we're doing and making sure yeah we can grow on that infrastructure. I think the last one for me is just, um, so your mission statement obviously includes the word like underrepresented, uh, underrepresented 
and you've spoken about exactly uh, what that means to you. Um, a lot of uh, companies uh, now are have had a look at themselves and seen, oh, yeah, we kind of messed up along the way and there actually is a lack of representation. So like from your experience in really being one of the first uh, organizations to really focus in and take care of those who are underrepresented, what do you see as the main uh, benefits or the main joys of uh, this this group? You know, it's just listening out there for all the other organizations that might be tuning in or going to undertake this work you've been doing it way before them like what are the things that you've uncovered from focusing on this group um i'm gonna i don't even think you can group everyone as one because even for i think for us underrepresented means like emerging like it means mm. um people who are on the come up and that's a whole wide range of people kind of thing so i can't really group it but i think the benefits I get that we see from our audience is that we actually impact people's lives. I think, um, Mm. because with all the projects we do, we always bring on emerging creators to work on it and give them, Hey, Hey, you right? Uh, Yeah, you've got speed delivery done for everything. Well, uh, no, I don't think it's fast. No, no, I don't think it's fast. Do you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. No worries. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, That's cool, man. That's a talent right there. Literally, yeah. So it's like the fact we can build things like the podcast studio, we get to see emerging creators come through the door all the time. Like, um, mm. yeah, I think, where was I going? I was saying, I think the benefits of our audience, it's just like, yeah, like the impact we're able to have. I think when you impact people's lives, the impact, let's say, on that social media and that is a lot more than whether you're just, if you're just like, giving it to someone who gets stuff all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the content we get is a lot more raw, a lot more authentic because it's actually like real people and not just based on clout or if they're big or whatnot. Um, Facts. I think our our audiences are word of mouth, to be honest. I think because we've done a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff where it's like a, it's like a two-way stream of value. We're not just taking from our audience. We're mm. giving back to our audience as well. And that two-way um, value stream creates word of mouth, creates like a real connection. Um, our audience will vouch for us, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's not just a ben- they're benefiting us. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not just they're benefiting us. We're I'm benefiting from yeah. them as well. It's like we're all just doing our thing to yeah build this infrastructure and like build this platform i guess yeah and that's when it becomes a relationship because it's uh, mutually beneficial so then, yeah literally yeah. it's not like we're not trying to exploit no one like and all of that kind of stuff we're literally yeah. enablement yeah, isn't it yeah enable. trying to enable and nurture like we said I, I guess the last one for me and i think this is a question that we've been asking all of our guests so far um what do you love about like black culture man what is it that we do that just brings you so much joy or, or what is it that you love about the culture? Um, I know we're lit, isn't it? Oh, like, <laughs> I know there's, 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 I don't know anything else in it. Like, I yeah. don't even like this, this is probably bad, but I don't even have like any white friends and that. So I, I only know black culture. So, so yeah, it's, it's all I know kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's part of my life for like everything basically. Life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. 
Bro, that's simple, simple and beautiful. We're lit. <laughs> um, nah, man, it was it's sick to have you on the show, man. Thank you for your time, bro. Yeah, no, nah, thanks for having um, me. Still, it was hella random. This man is blessed. The request, um, the request was. Random. <laughs> I saw Amsterdam. I was like, what? <laughs> nah, man, nah. We, you know, it is we're just trying to like highlight people that are doing, as you said, people, as you said in the beginning, like there's bare people that are doing sick stuff, like whether they're lawyers and stuff, but they won't be able to stand next to a footballer or an, an actor or whoever is in the entertainment business. But we're just trying to highlight people that are actually doing things within our community to give other people spotlights as well. So, and you're one of those people. So, thank you for giving us your time, man. Um, You'll be listening to the Out of Fun podcast with your boys, Kieran, Yaf, Stephen, Kwame, and the one and only Abraham Kamara. Thank you very much, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You London boys are crazy. Hey, come on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 